Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Roseanne is gone, but not forgotten. The state of Hollywood streaming wars. Halloween box office blowout. A comedian reveals why she thinks Me Too is a big fail. All this and more on Meet the Hollywood Press for October 21st, 2018. I'm Alina Vision, and now your host of Meet the Hollywood Press, Joseph Kapsch. Happy Sunday, everybody. And we're not dead, bitches. <laughs> That's like, right. We're still here. No, um, Alina, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Another Sunday fun day here. It is. I think that anyone, like our listeners and viewers, obviously know how excited I am that Roseanne gets to return to the show. I knew you were going to be so excited Because I spent about seven about weeks on talking about Roseanne Barr. <laughs> right when we launched, well, let me first introduce our guest. Because this is a reunion, as you saw on social media, I wrote. So, mm-hmm. Alina, you actually don't know, but this, the history here is, there's a lot of history at this table right now. Joining us today, Linda G, TV writer extraordinaire, former reporter at The Wrap. TV TV writer in training. Yes, you're in training. Now she's pitching to Ron Howard. No, no. But Linda, you just got accepted to to a program, please tell our listeners so they know how important we are that we have like future TV writers on our show. We'll see if that happens, but I, I got as accepted into the Imagine Impact writing program, so I'm working on a couple of pilots with the team over there. Right on. And, um, nice, great. Linda worked Congrats. as a reporter for me at The Wrap when I was the executive editor. Now, Jethro Nettadog, who is the entertainment editor of Insider... Welcome, Jethro. Hi. Worked with me. Okay, I. It's like there's too many. Didn't Hollywood Reporter, Zap to it when the now defunct Zap to it, yeah. the rap. The rap. And then the that what was that celeb, celeb that buzz. celebrity site yeah. that, that I moved all the way to New York for three months to work there. That was like a lily pad. He jumped on and jumped off. <laughs> Basically, I would bring Jethro everywhere that I would go, and then I'd. I'd be escorted out sooner than him, and then he, yeah. and then he'd live on. Like, yeah, like the one, like, the one time someone wrote about me getting hired at another publication, the, the headline was like, "Jethro follows Joseph." Joseph. <laughs> that was my headline. I'm, I'm fishbowl. It was like Jethro Nadeau follows Caps to like, yeah, like that's my headline. Oh my god, it was so bad. But I literally, this guy, because I've had bosses in my career that actually don't give. I would not have accomplished what I accomplished on all the sites without this guy. He was right there with me in the trenches, breaking big stories, breaking my favorite story ever. How he failed (laughs) Juliana Rancic during the Zendaya. Absolutely. (laughs) That was still my favorite story. Always making friends in the industry. (laughs) Jethro taught me how to be a reporter when I first started at The Wrap as well. Exactly. So he was her direct boss. So this is literally like a reunion. It is a reunion. I love it. Yes. And you're like our Heather Locklear. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. All right. We're going to get right to these stories. Roseanne. Okay. So as... 
Everybody knows Roseanne Connor is dead. She died of an opioid overdose in the return of the spinoff, The Connors, this week on ABC. And I guess now I'm going to start with my first question. Linda or Jethro, I will let either of you take this. I want to know, now that The Connors has aired and you saw the show in its entirety, you know what they did with her character, do you still think ABC made the right decision firing her and continuing the show without her? Well, I think they never should have done Roseanne as a reboot in the first place. Um, I think this is a common opinion. These tweets of hers, these opinions that she's had, they're not new. They knew about all of this before this happened. They put a lot of people in a very difficult position. Yeah, I'm really happy for the cast and crew, the people who have nothing to do with what she what she's like off screen um you know this is the best they could have done in this situation to save everybody's jobs to save this you know multi-million dollar sinking ship but i mean we'll see how long it lasts what do you what do you think jethro (laughs) well you know i think that it was a surprisingly decisive decision on abc's part which i was really surprised about they would do they would decide to fire so quickly so swiftly but like i i do Watching the episode, there is that element that you miss about Roseanne. I mean, she's just such a genius when it yes. comes to like turn of phrase and that kind of stuff. And I know that their energy is sort of like missing yes. from that. But like the rest of the cast is so talented, and the writing Absolutely. was so good on that premiere episode that I, I thought that was great. Yeah, but definitely. There's a piece of that Roseanne that I remember as a kid, Absolutely. let alone all Same the here. politics of now, uh, that I definitely think I miss. Uh, d- what did you think? I, I kind of am on the same boat as you, too. I was one of the people who were like, why are they bringing it back? Um, I did like it when I was younger as a kid. Yes. Especially, I started watching because it was in reruns a, like a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, this is really funny now that I got the jokes and whatnot. Yes. Um, now with her gone, obviously she had to leave the show. It could not mm-hmm. survive. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, there seems to be a hole. I am really happy that you know the cast and the crew got their dues. Their and jobs, yes. You know mm-hmm. what? But um, it did... Have lower ratings than the original or the Roseanne. It was ten point five million right. live tuned in. So obviously, um, the original was something like twenty eight, twenty, 20 well, premiered to twenty seven, twenty seven yeah. million. Although that was so unheard of in this day and age, yeah. the twenty seven million, and it was at the height of all like that. She was the Trump supporter, but the ten point five million for broadcast tell is still a solid. Yeah, solid. that is a pretty. Big I think number. it was really funny how ABC tried to manage expectations by saying if it came in a half. The last season's yes. premiere, they would be happy, and that's kind of where kind of where out. it was. So it was like, all right, fine, but like, still, ten people, ten million people sitting in front of their TV at the same time is still a still a big deal. Unheard of nowadays. The, but the interesting thing is, obviously, we know as TV uh, TV uh, in, insiders, TV <laughs> journalists, that. You're you're looking at thirty percent lower probably next week because it's like yeah. you know yeah. and I think even maybe lower it depends because the fascination of just seeing how they killed her what they did with her character although everybody knew because Roseanne told everybody yeah. before it even aired um, and then John Goodman I think told everyone so this brings me to my next question about the and this is a true story by the way when she got fired uh, you know over the summer and everything. I literally was one of the first people on Twitter when they were talking. I was like, the show should go on. And I was like, kill her with an opioid <laughs> uh, overdose. I have the tweets. And wow. then I said, and then and then on top of that, I wanted her Dan to now get a African-American girlfriend because I thought oh. that would even oh. be more poetic. And I'm, so I'm, I'm waiting for ABC to send me my residuals. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, 
this is what I want to ask. As as insiders and media people, and just just basically how we we're in this more voyeuristic um, culture where everything happens on Twitter, everything's transparent. You know, every step of the way, what was like going on with the firing. The episode was so well acted and poignant, and these like you know, Lori Metcalf is a powerhouse, Sarah Gilbert's a powerhouse. Did you find yourself because Roseanne Connor, the character, and Roseanne Barr are just like two, almost one in the same? Did you find yourself even um, tr- having trouble uh, mourning the character because you know the circumstances around why she's not there? I think it's impossible at this point to separate the two. Yeah, and that's gonna be. I don't know if it's a problem going forward, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like the show, even though she has nothing to do with it, is they're still kind of holding their breath, right? Like, what is her next tweet going to say? It's going to affect, even though she's not part of the show, it's still going to affect how people watch the show, show. how they feel about the show, whether they tune into the show. So I kind of feel like they're just going to have to wait and see. I almost wonder if the show is going to have to continue to take more of an evolution, more like Fuller House, where if it does well enough to come back a third season, I could almost predict you not seeing Dan mm. and them really going all yeah. like all in on like Darlene mm. and Becky. Because I read a lot of like the reviews where it was saying how they're basically trying to have now Becky and Darlene carry on like the Roseanne and um, mm. right. uh, Jackie yeah. dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And let's not forget that that Sarah is, Sarah Gilbert is an executive producer. Executive yeah. producer, right. yeah. So you know, and I kind of you kind of felt that in the first season. It was more about her character, her than, character. than it was before. I mean, she was like moving back in with mom and yes. all that kind of stuff. So that was sort of in the water, I think, in first season. And then just predictions, like bold predictions from either one of you. Do you think the ratings are going to hold up based on the quality of the first episode or first two that you maybe have screened? I did want to point out that the finale of first season was 10 million viewers. Oh. So definitely. Okay. There's going to be a lot of loss over the next few weeks. In a few weeks, yeah. okay. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting. But the bar now in broadcast television to stay on the air is so much lower. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, probably without Roseanne, salary, I mean, I, you got to think that the... Because she's not taking any financial um, uh, stake in this show. That was the whole part of it. She gave up a lot, mm-hmm. I guess, for it. Okay. It well, depends on what else they have, too. Yeah. If they don't have anything else that could It'll potentially probably deliver around. 10 million, then, you know, what else are they going to do? But with this Roseanne, because, you know, Murphy, just while we're on the subject of, like, Roseanne and a reboot, do you think the reboot uh, bubble has burst at this point, though? Because Murphy Brown didn't come back so hot, I feel like, uh, on CBS. I don't know if that has to do with, like, bad juju for Les Moonves. <laughs> or if it's, like, the show itself. Like, Murphy, to me, it's, like, lackluster. Well, I would think, I think the reboot thing is... is is, is coming to a tail. I mean, there's yeah. still stuff in development now, lots of stuff yeah. of rebooting, but I actually think they're moving now away from reboots of, like, old shows to, to like, rebooting things like podcasts or trying yes. to find another source to create a show out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. IP is still king, but I guess they're looking for other properties that has brand recognition. Yeah, exactly. But, I guess it's just you know. easier to have like somewhat of a built-in audience to build yeah. off of nowadays because there's so much to yeah. choose from. There's also this like wave of uh, like semi-autobiographical shows that are mm. like like celebrities suddenly have like these lives that we didn't know of. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Kristen Cavallari <laughs> show? Yeah. Being Cavallari. <laughs> exactly. It Very Cavallari. Very well, it's like, even scripted. It was like, isn't that, what's the one show where it's all about how... Um, was it Harry Styles that stayed with like? Oh yeah, there's a sitcom on CBS coming out that's like. With Harry's, Ari out. 
Oh, oh about that where he stayed with the yeah. James Corden. I yeah. think. It's like that's based it's like off producer. that. Oh, yeah, it's based it's a off producer that idea. Who had just gotten married, and the Harry yes. Styles was like, "Can I crash for a couple of weeks?" That turned the, into like a year and a half. Of I didn't know that was based attic. off of yeah. Harry Styles. I know the show you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Okay, okay. And then I saw another sort of news break the other day about another actress. Gosh, I'm like missing her name, but they're doing another show based on something in her life. Yeah, or yeah, there are some of that now. Yeah, yeah. see, like, I'd prefer that as opposed to like reboots. I think yeah. reboots are done and dusted. I want to see something original. <laughs> I want to see something fresh, even if it's something that yeah. I don't, you know, an actress that I don't know about her life. Yeah, like, yeah. If it's, I'd can rather. I just tell you like one little thing? Yes, mm-hmm. I was at a. Uh, I'm not going to name the network or whatever, but I was at a um, the shooting of a, a show, an episode. And I was, I happened to be invited into like this like VIP room yeah. where all the president, the president and executives were like eating and the food was so much better in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was happy to be there. You snuck I, in like, there. I like sat in the corner like eating food and like yeah. with all the executives and the president of the network was in there and all this yeah. stuff. And I think they forgot I was sitting in there. This journalist <gasps> okay. sitting yes. in this VIP room. Give us the tea. I started, he- <laughs> yes. I started hearing them say, looking on Wikipedia... Yes. For new, for old shows they can reboot. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Like, the, like a list yes. of, like, like <laughs> on their popular shows in the 90s. <laughs> on Wiki. And, like, discussing it amongst themselves what we should do next. Oh, my God. And I'm God. sitting in the corner, like, chicken, pop. <laughs> like, you know, like, holy crap. This is, this is how they come up with this stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, they get yeah. the big bucks for this. Yeah. Well, the funniest thing about that, because you... Um, embarking on this TV writing, it's not, it's it's sad because it's not for a shortage of pilots and and scripts yeah. that mm-hmm. are out there, but it's just a matter of like it's just like it's money, money, money. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, a network knows thing. if they already um, have like and they're already have stake in like a show that had already been on mm-hmm. that they stand to make even more money. And if I but if I have to read one more article too, like can people understand? There's never going to be a Friends reboot. Why do people waste ink on that? Why do journalists Who is waste ink on that? Still thinking there's going to be. A I keep seeing articles have. still like, and they do like there was like um. They do that with the Office too. Yeah, I feel yeah. like never saying never though. Like I feel like sometimes money speaks. People yeah. have been out of work for a while. Right. You know what I mean? David like, Schwimmer's on give, Will and Grace now. Give and them it's the like, right dollars. I think you can get anyone to say yes. does not need to do friends. Here's the thing. She's doing that show with Reese yeah. for Apple TV. They're, right. mm-hmm. they're, they're onto prestige television Pres- now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but the thing about it is, I hear what you're saying, but then maybe the three women will come back like... 20 more years from now and they'll yeah. do like friends like in the retirement home. yeah right I could see like golden girlfriends they've said that yeah they would do a golden girl I could set. see that yeah yeah I what think would Je- you do I now Jen Aniston was the one who mentioned that I think that. she didn't mention she would, yeah. do, she would do something like that but I'm, like I'm here for that these are these actors like know that they're playing with the public when they answer these questions. Yeah, totally. They like yeah. tease. They have no intention. Right. Of I like this. when I like when they say like the, one of them will not just them but just any cast. They'll be like, "We want to do it," but there's yeah. like one person. It's like yeah. Yeah. and they get everybody like buzzing about like who's the one yeah. person that doesn't want to do it. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing though that's like really 
it's an, it's been something that's been said about Hollywood for the past ten years yeah. is that there's so much fear about creating original things. Yes, yeah. that they they won't work. That they won't. You know, that people don't have that early connection to them. And so it's been. It's, it was in movies. It was like the studios were no longer making small movies, original mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, they're doing franchise, 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 franchise. Yeah, and now it's TV. It's like reboots, reboots, reboots. It's this absolute fear in Hollywood of investing in a new person, a new talent, a new voice, a new idea. But it's like mm-hmm. look at streaming. Look at you know the Handmaid's yeah. Tale. Look at you know Stranger Things. Everything you, you know. Just handed me my hey, set. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like, here for. Thank you. So because we were just about to talk about the state of streaming mm-hmm. in Hollywood, because and the reason that this I put this on the rundown today was so there was an article yesterday because Jennifer Salky, who was formerly um, executive under Bob uh, Greenblatt, took over Amazon um, after the Roy Price scandal. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I love that Amazon just on a side note, hired a woman, which is what CBS should be like, hiring only a woman to rep- as the new CEO. Amazon mandated they were yeah, going to hire. Yeah, they mandated it. Yeah. It's like, so it's not like it's not done. That's why it's insane yeah. to me that it's still like, you still see these names bantied around. I'm digressing here, but <laughs> anyway, I, I love that Amazon put a woman in that position because there's so many smart, powerful women that should be running more studios and, and networks. And that's the way you do it. Like, if you have a, a network chief that, like, gets caught with his pants down, literally, <laughs> then you put yep. a woman to replace them yeah. and run the place. Okay, so anyway, this article Jen Salky was at, I just want to refer to this because I forgot what the event was that she was at yesterday, but it was like a, um, it was a, she was keynote um, speech at USC on Saturday. So anyway, the interesting stuff, because they, like, the, she, I guess because it was sort of at USC, I felt it was really candid, like what she was saying about her plans for Amazon, and she really got um, granular just about, you know, I'm here to compete. Like, listen, you know, our, our thing about what I'm doing is like we have we don't have the budget like Netflix has, or like, but we're going to find ways to just find very um, addictive. She called it like global TV, but she was saying the parks. So you know how Netflix hired like is Netflix is doing like these unheard of, unprecedented mega deals, as their mm-hmm. mega yeah. mega deals, she called it. But like with Ryan Murphy and Shonda Rhimes and the Obamas, and she's saying that they just don't frankly have that kind of budget, so she's got to figure out, you know, strategic ways to still do, carve out their niche. But I found it to be interesting because, and this is what I asked the two of you, this whole mega deal place that we're at with streaming right now, do you there, do you think that bubble's going to crash? I like, the money has to stop at some point. That's right? what I'm like, saying. Like, nobody it's like, has unlimited funds to pay these mega. Well, I think what was the, um, what really put Netflix on this like spin of like get, of, of beating other TV networks and that sort of stuff was that yes. they had tech money, mm. not Hollywood money. Yeah, they had tech money, and tech money is different from Hollywood money. Hollywood money has budgets, bottom lines. That kind of stuff. Tech money has future thought, yeah. future cost, yes. worth belief, mm. like that sort of stuff. So, like for a long time, and I don't know how much longer it can last, but Netflix was spending money like nothing to create all these all great these shows, shows, but didn't have the same like pushback from a network. Like you got to stop spending, yes. or this budget is this, you know, or whatever. Exactly, and because it was because it's different from Hollywood money, yes, you know, and it made it very hard for real Hollywood networks and studios to compete because they had they didn't have tech money they had Hollywood money Hollywood money she was also saying that 
in which Amazon has tech money, tech money. So they actually might be able to yeah. do this. Well, they're I'm not confused to, about her saying they don't have, have money. money. Like you're Amazon. She yeah. is Amazon, but but no. <laughs> well, listen, Amazon's is a four point five million dollar budget. Whereas uh, I'll give you the number because Netflix is something like. 12 million or third so it's like it's like almost per episode du- no oh. billion for the year okay. over production okay. so, so they have a she has a look uh, reports about Amazon's 4.5 billion dollar budget mm. and streaming mega deals so wait I just want to look this up because well, when you get into the billions like what does that really exactly. mean anymore <laughs> what's another billion like what does that really mean anymore <laughs> like, Here, Netflix we've now thir- gotten to the numbers that don't even exist Netflix in the life. 13 yeah 13 billion. so that's a lot more like well, I think content to, they can create. I think it's different. They're slightly different models because Amazon is so much bigger than their content. Yes. They're like a... Wait. You know? Yes. But can I just bring up something in this in, in yes. her speech? Yes. Where she was like, you know, we just want to become like the best place to work for. And oh, I'm thinking no. Amazon Prime with all of like, its stories about like how they treat their warehouse workers, uh, how they treat their delivery. Yeah, it's like yeah. she now wants to make Amazon the best place to work but, for. But, but she knows that they got work to do. I just think it's hilarious. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Weren't less... you going to replace a bunch of people with drones at some point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like at some point like robots are going to write their shows but or whatever. I'm, I'm sure she's happy to be at this um company then where she left to NBC because then she's at least not dealing with a Me Too uh, tragedy every other like a Me Too mm. fallout every other weekend. I'm not quite. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway I yeah. digress. Yeah. Um, but no what I also like that she was saying was finding like where she's finding the balance between like where Netflix paid this kind of money to, to like snatch uh, Ryan and Shonda from their broadcast deals now they're in this thing of like where do you define like a producer because there's there's producers out there that have cre- created like monster hits for cable or broadcast but they're not like considered like Shonda and um, Ryan necessarily like so prolific so she's trying to find that like they're in this kind of like yeah she's trying to get celebrity people to do it to well, do Julia Roberts Julia yeah. Roberts show will launch because they, they she was doing press for that what's the name of it it's Homecoming Homecoming did you see okay. did you see either of you screen it, it? Yet. no so she's clearly bringing in Nate. So you think it's going to be based on she's going to do a smaller amount but try to get really she's, big talent. I think what she's going to try to do is she's not going to go for established producers that maybe are probably established known producers in the industry. She's going to go for celebrities who want to get into producing and can put their names on projects mm-hmm. that will give them instant like uh, acknowledgement with like consumers. Well, I think mm-hmm. that's smart this of is her. From, yeah, this actually. is from so Jennifer Aniston. This is from... You know, yeah, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. But okay. they yeah, have, Kidman, exactly. But they're also doing Lord of the Rings. Oh, they are? Like the, like a yeah. series? Yeah. What do you think That was about? Amazon, right? Lord of the Rings. I'm not quite sure. Let me look it up. Yeah. I, I think it's... Google Am- that, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And they're pay- they paid like a billion, two billion dollars just to get the name. Of Lord just of the to Rings? Get, just to be able to do the show, and they don't they know what are. the show is. <laughs> it's Amazon, right? It is Amazon, yeah. yes. And they hire these two unknown young Dudes who never yeah. worked on a show before to like shepherd it. So this is supposed. Yeah. To, this is their like Game of Thrones play, right? Like if this works okay, out, if this works, then she's then in, yeah, they she's become good. a legit. The interesting thing you just said though about like these unknown guys that never ran a show. I'm not actually opposed to that because I think that if I think Hollywood should be giving 
taking more chances on new talent to cut. Like, I don't think yeah. you have to be uh, like a dusty producer that was the showrunner yeah. of seven Law and Orders before you get. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, bring in some younger talent. I bring agree, in, you know, but and, it's yeah. two straight white dudes who are getting another shot at a huge That's franchise right. without any experience. Oh, okay. You, I missed Meanwhile, that part of the yeah. sentence. Yeah. So Shame on you, Amazon. <laughs> Shame on you, Amazon. <laughs> and the turn happens. They have actually the two writers that they brought in are J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, and they've worked. Worked on uh, I don't know her movies Who? movies right they've so Star movies. Trek uh, Beyond yeah. and Godzilla vs Kong yeah so they've written big movies right. but that is a totally different thing from yeah. running they're going to show TV run it show. Oh, they're, they're this is what you're going to read two months into production <laughs> blank for comes exactly. on Lord of the Rings as consulting exactly. producer <laughs> it'll be like some yeah. season you see that coming already exactly. yeah. but Jen Salky the good thing though I don't know I just I, the reason I want to highlight this I was really impressed just about like. This woman, she left NBC with this great track record. She took over, like, an embattled kind of, like, situation. And I liked the the way she's approaching it. She just seemed really sharp at how she was approaching it. Because something about, for me, Netflix has, like, a premiere every other day. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, like, just their money and yeah. events alone. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine what that is. Um, and I see all these, like, young, new actors and actresses in all their shows. But I think it's like you said, whereas Amazon will go for... A celebrity getting to produce the whole time. Netflix feels to me like it's a lot of green, 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 yeah. green mm-hmm. people. Like you have a better chance at getting um, a show. To, I, I can't keep up well, now with Netflix's are, yeah. Netflix programming. Really there's like, so day, much. There's, something there's so much. They just yeah. want to have content. They just want yeah. lots and lots and yeah. lots of content. And I really feel like remember in the day when a Netflix series would premiere, it was a big to do. It was Now they don't. Midnight. It's like they are just. Every day is like some new content, yeah. Yeah. and as long as there's like, and the thing is, it's algorithm. They're all dated. Like yes. they can show that like people love this kind of thing, yes. and they're just going to create that kind of thing. And it, can't, it doesn't have to be good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I'll just end. I'll sort of end this um, on this note. Then, do you think that with uh, Jennifer at the helm and, and Amazon, do you think that? Uh, that, that they will become a real threat to like Netflix because Netflix to me has the crown now. Yeah, yes, Hulu has the prestige Emmy winner, but it's sort of like to me Netflix is still, you know, yeah, the king. So do I, you think that Amazon poses a threat now? I mean, Amazon's coming in like Apple. We don't know what Apple's gonna do. That's yeah. another thing. It's like there's four of these sort of mega streaming yeah. platforms for everyone, but then there's like the smaller branded. Like stars, HBO, like FX, like Fox, um, Disney's doing their own streaming service. So it's like, which is why they acquired Fox. And then yeah. there's more like niche streaming. So I don't know where it's all going. It's like a lot. I'm a lot of descriptions. I'm tired of paying so many different companies just to watch just everything to that watch I want to watch. Yeah, you want to yeah. watch. Well, then well, that's your generation cutting the cord. <laughs> cutting the cord. <laughs> that's what I want all in one box, <laughs> and then suddenly you all can't afford your cable anymore. <laughs> I know. I, I still have not a cord. Because I need my cable news round. I need my DVR. I cut the cord and I still get my cable news. But it feels like too much hoops you gotta jump through. But then you have like nine dollars and then nine dollars and eleven dollars and two ninety nine. How do you get to watch it? Because I felt like it it frustrated me because I'm type A and it was like too many hoops (laughs) to jump through. Like CNN dot and I'm like, what do you got to enter? It's like it was too much to figure it out. It's only the activation. After that, you're good. And then you're good. You can stream. Yeah. You're All right, good. Alina, we'll talk off. There. I, know. <laughs> I know how you felt because I was like, I can't cut the cord, and then I did it, and I was like, oh, that's easy. Man. Okay, so how about another bold prediction? I'm ending each segment with this. Broadcast TV, then. How many years, if you had to say, are we looking at broadcast still being 
uh, you know, a live viewing experience and not a la carte? Mm-hmm. What are we looking at? Silence. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it will always exist in some way. I think that you can see that CBS has done their streaming service. Yeah. You know, and that's, they're going to figure out a way to keep going. If it's going to be on streaming, yeah. then they'll still offer. I mean, we still sort of need, like, that live, like, live coverage of certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sports, I think, will always be a live thing yes. that millions of people are They'll into. figure it out how to get it to her generation. <laughs> <laughs> I have cable and I love cable. <laughs> Everybody stop creating like new cable. streaming I platforms. Like I, do. I, have cable. I love my I cable. I also have Netflix. Yeah. I have a smart TV. I have everything yeah. actually. I, I have like cable. Just got Amazon. I have all the streaming network. I have everything. Like I watch us. Meet I the spend Hollywood a whole press. lot yeah, of money on the smart TV. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But at some point, it's like, are you going to pay for Disney? Are you going to pay for FX? Are you going to still pay for Stars? HBO? Yeah. Like here's what I do. I watch my show and then I cancel that subscription. <laughs> and then when it comes back, I oh pick God. it back up. See, so that's, that's so funny. Yeah, so that's actually not bad. Though. Yeah, that's okay. why Netflix has so many shows out all the time, and so you can't right. cancel. You, can't cancel. Uh, you know, and by the way, though, like uh, God bless Netflix for the ones that I do love, but like, let's just call a spade a spade. Netflix is like ninety percent crap and ten percent gold. <laughs> like when you're like. There's more crap on there than, like, there's, like, really high-quality stuff that I friggin' love, and then there's, like, stuff that I start watching, I'm, like, two minutes in, and I'll have two big stars in it, I'm like, how did they get them to make this horrible movie? Like, you'll just be like, this is terrible. And it feels like it's written, like, in a high school, like, like a class where they were, like, learning how to write a movie script or something like that. Well, you know that one of their biggest original movies of the year was based on a mm-hmm. Wattpad story that was written by a 15-year-old girl. There you go. Yeah. Like, actual 15-year-old Prove girl. my point. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody watched that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're making a lot of money, I'll yeah. tell you that much. And we all are still subscribing, so... Yeah. Oh, I yeah, love exactly. it. You know, we're all still watching our Netflix, so... Yeah, it's true. Okay, so from moving on from um, streaming to... Me too, because um, this was really... So, comedian Michelle Wolf, who had a Netflix show that was since canceled, um, she was at, like, a Dublin, Ireland um, uh, stand-up set mm-hmm. with Jon Stewart, and basically... Um, Greg Gilman, who you both know, mm-hmm. um, got the audio for the site that he now works at, Two Fab, um, and basically posted this exclusive where, like, she they asked her about Me Too in Dublin, and they got the audio. That's why this hasn't gone, I think, broad yet. But when I saw it in his um, Twitter feed, I was like, this is interesting what she's saying. So basically, you know how Michelle Wolf has been very vocal in this movement. You know, she she's a feminist. She's a you know self-proclaimed feminist. She's and she the whole Sarah Huckabee thing when she was. Um, joked about it the White House correspondent exactly so she basically saying she thinks the Me Too and Time's Up movements that have taken America will never work and for two reasons so I just want to read these so then we can discuss okay so she basically says there's two reasons it'll never work one is that women keep going back to things that happened to them specifically and they want damages that's never how any movement has worked people have always looked forward to be like this is what happened we want it to be better in the future people are trying to get things that happened 15-20 years ago someone touched their butt or they saw their dick and they're like I want that to be taken care of no that's the culture that's what happened it was shitty but how? But now we have to fix it in the future it's not about your problem it's about the collective problem so then she goes on to say the second reason, basically. 
Um, before she, okay, hold on. The other reason it will never work is we're not including men in the conversation. There was a whole society around men that said everything they were going to do was okay. It wasn't, but society accepted it. But now we have to say if we're going to move past this, we have to give away for men to get into it. For men to say like, yeah, I did a shitty thing. I'm not going to do that anymore. Can we all move forward together? So who wants to, Alina, why don't you start us off? (laughs) I don't get her argument. Here's my thing. Saying. Explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old. I I agree with Michael Scott, right? (laughs) (laughs) So here's my thing. She's saying that, okay, people are trying to get, you know, damages. People are not trying to get damages, except for, I think, a couple of high-profile cases, you know, Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. And I don't even think that's damages. That's just justice for what they Mm -hmm. did. Yeah. And um, to say that people want damages, no, people are telling their stories. And these stories need to be exposed in order for us to move forward, in order for people to get reprimanded for what they did. Yes, society at that time was saying, oh, it's okay, boys will be boys, this and that and the other, but it's not okay, and so we need to move forward from that. And then in the future, yes, we need to teach, you know, young children and boys especially not to be so rapey, not to be so, you know, hands-on, and that goes for girls too because it could happen. Um so yeah, those are, that's my two cents on that. But we do need to let men come into the fray, and I think a lot of men are standing up with a lot of women who have come out. Yeah, thank God, um, because you know women need that support too to have men that are on the same team, and not all men saying, "Oh, you know, you guys shouldn't be talking about what's happening," and yeah. this, that, and the other. Yeah. But how about what? What do you think, Jethro? Let's get a male. Well, I mean, I think that. First of all, I didn't quite agree with her. I felt like in telling these stories and in calling people out, Mm -hmm. we have actually brought men to say, oh, Mm -hmm. like maybe that wasn't something that I could have done. Maybe it was uncomfortable for them and I didn't realize. And, or I did do something and I should have never done that. And I, and I think people are learning today how probably they should act in a, in a way that's more respectful. Yes. And, I don't know. I, I feel like there has been a change. We feel a change. Yeah. I think maybe there's an immense amount of fear yeah. that's been created. But I think once we sort of figure out that, like, all you have to do is just be freaking like a human being to right. each other, yes. then to you don't have to be afraid. Keep it in your pants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. don't take your yeah. dick out yeah. when you're in a meeting yeah. with someone. Yeah. Like, it just... Don't treat a professional environment like a dating site. Yeah. You like, know? Like, exactly. women are not here to please you in any way, visually, whatever you're missing Mm -hmm. in your life. So my question is, like, the one point, though, that I did feel that she had valid is, like, I feel like the Me Too movement was amazing, like, that it brought everybody telling their stories. I feel like Time's Up has since come into the fold a lot more, like, on the Les Moonves thing, but for a while there, I did felt like I didn't understand what Time's Up's mission was for a while. Like, it felt like it didn't find its way. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it had all these powerful women, they came out in this photo op originally, and it was like, okay, all these women got together, and then it was sort of like, we're going to raise money for, like, funds for the women that are going to launch lawsuits, but then it was like, how are you sort of staying in the mix regularly for Hollywood because what I feel right now is that don't you feel like Me Too's gone a little like silent which to me says we haven't we haven't solved it yet like I feel like so is it because 
like I know, and I'm, I would think you guys know, there's more out there that are known, mm-hmm. and like like the Matt Lowers and the Har- like, and they haven't been exposed yet. So you're like, so is Me Too on autopilot? Is it like on coast mode? Like where are we at with it? Because it's just sort of like I feel like you haven't seen any big blockbuster stories as of late. So is it just Ronan Farrell's just cooking them up, or what's the deal? I mean, Me Too is obviously an ongoing issue, and we can't solve it right here. Yeah, but I mean, Brett Kavanaugh. That's why I had you here. Brett Kavanaugh was just (laughs) confirmed to the Supreme Court, and that was a huge Me Too movement that proved that maybe we haven't really moved forward. No, like white men are still. I mean, well, that's really the thing that I think most depresses me as I get like all of my four trade uh, blasts stacked on each other of the same announcement for like studios. I still don't feel like we there's enough females in there. There's enough diversity. I don't feel that change. Like, Mm -hmm. am I wrong? Like, yes, Jennifer Salky, wonderful, but like. I still see a, lot, a whole lot of dudes, like yeah. a whole lot of white dudes still yeah. like running right. Hollywood. Yeah. Like, it's true. It's true. It's true. We could say that here because we're a diverse <laughs> show. We pride ourselves yeah. on it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, like, Michelle Wolf's <laughs> argument about including men in the conversation, like, they're there. Yeah. They're still, a lot of them are still <laughs> getting away me. with it. Brett Kavanaugh, for one. Um, there's men who've come out and said, hey, I did this horrible thing. And they seem sincere in their apology. I'm thinking of Dan Harmon. Yes. Who had that issue with his writer who, I mean, the things yeah. he did to her, it was horrible. But people kind of just for, forgave him, I think. But like, wait, wasn't Dan Harmon the one that did that infant baby video? That was after I think that was after like okay, he had to quit Twitter did twice did you watch that video did you <laughs> no, guys watch that video no, no I, don't I don't really know the specifics how he's of the been forgiven one. if go watch that video you'll be disturbed that, I but was I think disturbed. like that happened he goes and pretends like he's making like kind of like having sex with an infant baby what? in the video it was not funny yeah I don't on know any anything level. about this video oh. it's the same thing as James Gunn it's like the kind of there's humor and then there's like humor that just is like never yeah. like not okay. okay yeah not okay so I don't know, like, but he was forgiven after the first incident. I don't know much about the second incident that like, he had to quit Twitter again for like a week later. But after yeah, the first one, if you have to twit Twitter twice, right? you probably should not come back. We we'll get it together. I, I guess this would be. I would love to ask a question. Like, I think this is a great yeah. room to ask this question because you mentioned James Gunn, and a lot of people sort of said he admitted that yeah, I had horrible. I had horrible. I've said horrible things. I've done. I used to believe horrible things. I've come a long way since then. Yeah. And people in his life now today have said, yes, he's like one of the best people I know, the mo- one of the most accepting, one of the most like equal, like yeah. treating of, of all people now. And yet it feels like he paid for how he was as a younger version of himself. Like where in, let's, like, I think that was like, that? Oh, that was, I got a strong one. Go ahead. I'm, you go first. Don't think he should have gone far just because he's addressed this issue before. Like these tweets are not news. Like it was just resurfaced by sort of right wing trolls mm-hmm. who wanted to get him fired <laughs> yeah. because they felt like he's you know he stands up for the social justice warriors too much. So they're like, oh look at him, he's a hypocrite. Look at all these old tweets we found, which Disney knew about. So this was like I Disney, don't think that's true. Disney knew about it. He's talked about it before, like in 2012. Yeah, I don't think they knew about it. It was a while back. Oh, okay. He's very open about it. Yeah, so it's like this is Disney caving to like a harassment yeah. campaign that. You, okay, so you got here's I know this. I know and this. Disney owns ABC. Yes, and they did that to Roseanne. Yeah. So how could they? Well, they did have to. They did. Well, that's kind of true to a certain degree, I would say. But there are two different cases in the sense that 
Roseanne, okay, so with the with the James Gunn thing though, it's Disney. So remember that. Like I you guys were just yeah. saying, "Oh, this has been known," but I think within industry circles, yes, but the the public on a broader level did not know. I'm telling you. Like when those tweets were unearthed by the conservative trolls, as we say, that like went to an audience that was and I know this just from like insiders that it caused like Disney to be like uh, like an onslaught of like angry parents like I'm not going to bring my, you know, kid, kids to like it was like not family friendly kind of like that was where the deal like it, it had way more but I think a lot of it was people wanting that perception yeah make uh sending in enough mail so that Disney feels like they were getting angry parents who were mad here's but my, really it was here's my issue with the James Gunn thing because I've had a lot of debates about it when it was all happening because I do believe in redemption I mean like I, I wouldn't be sitting here at this table if I didn't believe in like second and third chances for people the problem with it is though he wasn't 20 years old 19 years old 20, you're talking about a 40 year old man those tweets were written by at what point are you like you're past the you're past the point that like you know that this is like not funny mm-hmm. so it's like either you're mentally ill which is then okay you should have meds and you should be in therapy and thing but but like to me I didn't give him a pass on this because it's like you were a forty friggin' year old man. Oh, I, I, I like I get funny with little boys or oh I and then there was like homophobic stuff in there. There was like it was just not appropriate on any level. It's like you're a grown man. You're forty. You're forty years old. I think at that point, yeah, I would fully expect to lose my career if I was that stupid at that age to say that kind of stuff on Twitter. I don't know his age. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know his age. Maybe that was original. No, I'm yeah, telling I don't know you. How long ago. I'm yes. telling you. Yeah, those I tweets agree. that they unearthed, he was like 40 at the time yeah, of those tweets. Yeah, by that time, you're, you know, your brain has been yeah, fully formed. Exactly. You know what's right and wrong. Like, I can yeah. forgive, like, a Justin Bieber at age 19 pissing in a bucket because like, he's a 19-year-old right. kid. But it's like James Gunn writing about, like, oh, little boys make me funny, and he's 40. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not so going funny. back to like the Michelle Wolf statement. Okay, <laughs> where we started. Wrap it around. This, where she was like, it, she was like, people are looking to the past, and but that was the culture. That was shitty. That was yeah. that sucked or whatever. And I feel like in this James Gunn situation again, there was a certain space for like that humor that he was espousing. People laughed. People were. It was a less of a. a king, I think a self. Conscious time about that kind of that kind of joking, I think. So then, in conclusion, just collectively, do we feel that she had some valid points, or you com- completely disagreed with what she said? I thought there were some points in there, sort of. It's like mm-hmm. surface level points, but I yeah. think the underlying belly of it, it just, I, I don't think for me, I don't think the Me Too movement have, has failed. Mm-mm. And that was her point. No, it definitely hasn't yeah. failed. I think yeah. what my what I if I if I sounded like that, what I'm trying to say is that I think it. It needs to stay prevalent. Like to right. me, it feels like it's backburnered, and I think it needs to stay prevalent. Do you think it feels that way because of what happened with Kavanaugh? That maybe people could be aren't know, willing to come forward. Yeah, like it just it. There's no way that there's not still like many big stories to be unearthed throughout Hollywood, and it's sort yeah. of like have some of the rich, like powerful men, been like paying off, pe- like you know, because right. I mean, we have heard those stories from sources that like. Guys that know, like, they, like, they've done their due diligence to, like, save themselves and, like, pay off. So maybe that's what she also could be speaking of because it's, like, I've heard that from, like, insiders and sources that there's, like, people that were literally, like, trying to save their careers and they were, like, getting ahead of the 
of the of the of the mm. storm, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I that think sounds so. familiar, Stormy. Yeah. Storm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Move on. Oh, good. She keeps my your segues are on point with Speaking of horse, no. Oh, God. Did you have a response to that, or did we want to move on to Trump talks? I think I think what we can tell is it's a it's we've gone into the phase of me too where we now it's it's complicated. Like yeah. there are levels that now we are discussing. I mean. Louis C.K. going back into clubs and talking about yeah. it now was like, how much is banishment? And he, he he said he did it. He, whatever, disappeared, lost his fortune. Yeah. And now, and you he know. He went back in and got a standing ovation, by the way. So, so uh, according to sources, I had to go back and forth with the owner. <laughs> which of I that. find that to be appalling. Yeah. Uh, but, like, oh, you were so put upon. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he's like, a victim. Like, oh, you poor yeah. thing, your victim. Hollywood shunned you because you're a big slob pulling down your pants in front yeah. of women all the time. I mean, it's like, yeah. really? Like, yeah. what do you see getting a standing out for? Yeah. yeah. But what yeah. I think maybe what we're in is we're in the complicated phase of B2 where it's not just about telling your stories and then, and, ban- and and, and punishing men, it, we're now in like there's more discourse to be had. Yeah, I think the most still troubling thing about it that the Kavanaugh thing highlighted though was just still there, this idea that there's women out that there's this large percentage of women that make this it's like where are the statistics no. like yeah. when women are coming forward with this it's like there's like one percent of like stories that are made it's like there's nothing to back that up that's why i love this how it's like this argument of like well they, they maybe it's not true maybe they're making it up it's like nobody wants not to make that how up. it works it's not no. a badge of honor yeah no <laughs> it's not nobody wants know. to come forward with this and it's like it's so interesting because yeah. i have when you have like spirited debates on social media about it you're like point me to the statistics where there's all the where are the women in Me Too there that were lying. There, there, are. Are. There, there is an end. It's like a misinformation exactly. campaign. Like, Christine's For- Christine Ford's life was ruined yeah. because yes. she, like, was brave enough to come forward, and it still didn't make a difference. So, there, yeah. there were two Hollywood stories that I could point to easily, and it's the Aziz Ansari and the James Franco. For me, those fell apart in parts because one was, like, a bad date, and the other one was, like, consensual sex but then sort of like regretted that I mean so it was like those to me were gray areas what was going on there but other than that every Me Too like what, what where are the Me Too stories where people were making this up yeah, yeah there is none, none. There is you none. don't get rich off of it no mm-hmm. yeah you just no. get your life ruined yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> any other so we solved that, that. <laughs> we solved Me Too we solved Me Too <laughs> there you go check mark emoji <laughs> You're welcome, Hollywood. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just want to actually just send out. Um, so Selma Blair came on Instagram uh, this week weekend and announced that she has been battling multiple sclerosis. She's 46 now. Such a poignant post, brave. Um, and I'm more. There's not really much to discuss. Yeah. I mean, she just she was brave. She came forward. She's um, was so grateful just basically that they've been able to accommodate her and still have her working. And anyway, I just want to send more like good thoughts, prayers and yeah. and, and just say how brave yeah. that is and how much when a celebrity like that does. Because I think that there's a lot of um, fear, too, because like, what will this do to my career? Yeah, exactly. And it's like now she's really going to um, shine a light on yet again another disease that really needs a, a light shine on. So, you know, we're praying yeah. for yeah. I mean, disabilities in the industry, like that's a it, major issue. Major issue. People are not accommodated, so. No, they're not. Oh. Yeah. And just with anything, it's just the average person hearing that her experience relating to it knowing yeah. that they're going through it maybe they've been keeping their own disabilities you know under wraps because they're scared to be judged yep in certain situations 
will hopefully be able to, to live a little more truthfully. Truthfully. Because Agreed. she's been able to do it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really quick, um, for the last um, uh, couple minutes of the show, Trump talks. Trump talks. <laughs> There's always mm-hmm. so much to choose from. Uh. So you just mentioned it. So Trump's back on the stump. And he's, yeah. he's basically, midterms are heating up, and Hollywood obviously is on the edge of their seat because considering that the Democratic frontrunners can't find someone, like, under the age of 80, apparently, or 70 to run. Because they, they released, like, the 2020 frontrunners. I was in, like, a big argument that I'm an ageist now because I was like, Kamala Harris is the only one so far that I'm seeing in that pool of people that I will support. I'm not supporting. I don't... I, I, am I an ageist if I'm saying I, I, I'm done with senior citizens running our country? I want people who know how to use um, social media, and I want people who know... Like, Kamala is like the age Obama came into office. Yeah, she'd be great. Yeah, she'd be great. She'd be amazing. Okay. So... Besides that fact, Trump's on the stump now because obviously midterms are in like 17, 16 days. Um, And so he's stoking fears over the caravan, immigration. um, And then he returned to form and called Stormy Daniels, the porn star that um, he was in litigation with, a horse face. Just anyone take take something here. And anything to add to, to this? Or does it just speak for itself? Yeah, gosh. It's, it's it just, just also gross. Yeah, yeah, it's just like there's never a bottom. I yeah. keep thinking, maybe we've hit bottom. bottom. No, there's just not. There's and no it's bottom. just, to see him call women, I mean, the news this week had, you know, He's called Rosie O'Donnell a pig and yeah. Alicia Machado like Miss Housekeeping and yes. just a whole, like women in his peripheral are just he can say whatever mm-hmm. call them whatever because they're not people. yeah exactly yeah. they're not people and it's just it's really sad and I hope that women especially this election take note of that I thought they would before <laughs> um, but hopefully now there's yeah. even more what's um, it gonna take yeah, for exactly. you to wake up yeah. Um, because it's not okay, and it's just really embarrassing to have the leader of the free world, and especially our country, um, speaking, like, speaking that. like that. It's very embarrassing. Yeah, like, you know? it's funny if it's, like, a comedian on Twitter, yeah. uh, you know, but not even it's funny not for fun. that. It's, it's not, not funny. funny to call anyone a horse <laughs> no. face. Mm-mm. It's, like, the lowest, yeah. most, like, laziest. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, like, that's it's the best so you got. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. when you go it's for, like, like, the hob- like, it's, like, you go for these, like, below the belt. Yeah. It's, like, that's why, you, it's, yeah. it's usually an unintelligible person that just has nothing, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a, already been literally laughed at by the world, so... Yeah. Literally. <laughs> literally. Because a lot of these, this stuff is just so reminiscent of the election. Yeah. yeah. And, the, you know, and, and what seems to resonate with a lot of America, they love his antics. They yeah. love when he goes for people That's like that. That's the sad part. He, yeah. And, and also, I mean, as you know, when I mean, you were supporting Hillary, a lot, oh, of, sure a lot of women really aren't, like, on board with what we think women should believe or not or be offended by or not. We saw that in the Kavanaugh thing with yeah. some oh, of the women the who spoke out. the focus groups on like the cable news were astounding. That was crazy. With, oh. Where women would just make allowances for yeah. all of that behavior. Did I you mean, I'm just like, see the mom with the two teen girls yes. who was like, a little groping's no big deal. Like, oh what God. the like, hell you is happening? Yeah. It's like, he was 17 and he was a little drunk. It's like, oh my God. That's the problem. That's right the there. problem. Yeah. That is the <laughs> problem. Yeah. part of the problem. Yeah. We could talk about this all day. So he knows it works. Let's just say that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's doing it. Again. I will yeah. say he's become a skilled campaigner and politician in the sense that he knows exactly how to push the buttons and yeah. activate his base. And he's hitting those little towns yeah. with his thing that he knows that they're going to cheer and yep. you know they're going to have less you know uh, 
protesters in those little towns and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So he's it's the sad part is I feel like those are the people that are voting against their own interests mm-hmm. just to hear mm. all this hoopla and jazz. They just don't see it. They yeah. don't see it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, Alina, can you please tell? Um, everyone where they can find Meet the Hollywood Press. Of course. You guys can always find Meet the Hollywood Press on the AfterBuzz TV YouTube page. And you can also uh, subscribe to the MTHP podcast on Apple Podcasts. Like us, rate us, comment on us, all of that. Um, You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Meet the Hollywood Press and on Twitter at Meet the HWD Press. Wonderful. Yes. I want to thank you, Linda. Thank you, Jethro, for yeah, coming and hanging yeah. out with so us. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> the trip from New York City. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. And we'll see you next week back here. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.